Welcome to 3 and D, your source for great NBA talk from our spot here in the T-Dot. My name is Dave Levitt. That's the D. This week's three. Well, Pascal Siakam and the Raptors uh, have played their way all the way into the five spot, which is great. Also meaning Pascal Siakam has made himself an all-NBA talent. We make the case. Second topic we look at, of course, is the Raptors continuing that theme. In that five spot, they match up with the Philadelphia 76ers. We break down where we think that Nick Nurse and the staff can do to try and contain Joel Embiid and those Sixers. And then finally, we take a look at coaches who are on the hot seat. Um, we recorded this on Sunday right before Frank Vogel was fired, so we both had him at the top of our list, but we give you a couple other names to watch out for as well. All right, all that and a whole lot more, so stay tuned, sit back, relax, and let us walk you through the big three stories from around the association. Good morning. Oh, uh, you know, it's nice and sunny outside. Just got this coffee being made right here. Got a bunch of things to do today, but I'll start it off with uh, 3D, you know? Three. Oh, look at this. You got the promos going in. I'm going to cut that into the, to the promo for the show. Yeah. There it is, boy. Um, listen, man, it has been uh, a busy, busy week in not just uh, NBA circles, but like Toronto sports in general, right? I mean, yeah. let's get a let's get a shout out to Austin Matthews breaking the, the Leafs single season record. Yeah, so long, Rick Vive. Got a new name on the, on the, on the record now. Yeah, yep, and you know, and, and you know, so Austin Matthews has been praised this year for like his like business like thing, but you know that boy party that night, you know. Yeah. He was down in Dallas, and you know, there's a couple of cowboy shots he took, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, Das Boot was brought out. My, my my boy likes his beer. Yeah, for uh, sure. And then of course, you know, live uh, we can get the first hand account from uh, from the Blue Jays home opener. Uh, you were there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my my wife is a huge Blue Jays fan, and she tries to go to the home opener every year. Right. So uh, this year, this is the first year we've actually gone together. Actually, so she usually goes with her brothers and that. So she grabbed two tickets, and we were sitting. You know, we're sitting in the adult seats, a little few rows up from uh, from the field. We're not sitting in the five hundreds anymore. Thank no, God. Nice, you know. Yeah. So it was it was great. Like uh, they the the. What am I trying to say here? Like the with the stadium and stuff, they're doing the, the experience is more like the Raptors games now, where like the lighting, like dynamic lighting. Uh, they had a lot of updated like scoreboards, like the jumbotron is not a jumbotron anymore. It's like this like all encompassing screen thing. Okay, I can't yeah. explain it. No, no, no. I, you know, uh, so so you're highly recommending. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Definitely go check it out. So it's, it's a huge change than. You know, even last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my wife and I usually try and get to a couple games in the summer. Um, like you said, the adult seats. I don't need to go to, like, a bunch of games in the 500s. No. I'll go to, you know, two or three games, but in the nice seats. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, I'm going I'm, to you know, do it right. Because, you know, again, we're... We're getting up there, and uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take advantage of the fact that you know, I, I have a little uh, scratch in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know I mean? But uh, you know, I had a great time. Um, had a few pops, so I was a little bit wobbly at the end, but that was okay. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it, my man. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Again, the adult seats, and you got a little scratch. But you need a little scratch in your pocket to pay some some of those beer prices, though. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. I still did not want to look at my bank account the next day. I'm like, nope. <laughs> I do not yeah. want to see. Speaking of guys who are going to be looking at their bank accounts, though, okay, let's talk. Let's. Uh, there's going to be some performance bonuses, I think, this year um, for our boys in, in down in the Scotia Bank Arena, mm-hmm. the Toronto Raptors. Because my goodness, this team, which nobody, and I, you know, all these people are like, no, no, I knew all along. I call bullshit. No. Nobody thought they were going to be this good this this quickly. Um. You know, Scotty Barnes is probably looking at himself a rookie of the year. I think he sold it up. You know, I think he's done. I think it's over. Yeah. I think he's got it. So, our guys... he's, got, he's got more win shares than, you know, that alone. Like, he's got, Scotty's got more win shares than any other, other of, the, of the two rookies that uh, um, are close to him, Caden uh, Mobley. Yeah. No, it's, it's name to me a guy who had a bigger impact on his team. That's it. That's like, I mean, you can look at statistics. You can go, okay, this guy's got better rebound numbers or 
whatever. Scotty Barnes is the leading offensive rebounder on the best team of the three teams that we talked about, the Pistons, the, the Cavs, and, and the Raptors. Exactly. And who has had a bigger impact on his team? The guy, at one point, Fred VanVleet was out. Uh, Pascal was still, still coming up. And he has just, like, rolled with it. He's just right. done it. He's, right. You want me to play point guard? No problem. You want me to play power forward? No problem. You want me to, you know, basically play a combination of all th- all five positions at once and switch and be a defensive stopper? No problem. Yeah. No, he's he's to me he's the rookie of the year. And uh, if you haven't seen it, you've got to look uh, look up. It's on Instagram. It's on the it's on the socials. It's, you can find it. But Utah Watanabe um, played the other night and got into the press room and walked in wearing a, a rookie of the Scotty for rookie of the year. T-shirt. It's... I yo, I love how this team just supports each other like that. You know what I mean? Like Yuta hasn't got much burden this year. He's had like a bit of an off year. You right. know, until he comes back. But yo, for him to support the rook like that, yeah, 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 yeah. And knowing that, knowing that his that. job's on the line, right? Let's be yeah. honest. Yuta Watanabe is is probably thinking, okay, maybe I maybe my contract gets renewed. Maybe I get. Maybe I'm not because you know he's a he's a he's a bench piece and a fringe NBA player. You know, I love you and his energy, but that's what it is. Speaking of a guy, though, who's going to make all NBA, your boy, Pascal Siakam. Pascal, make the, case for, make the case for the people who don't know. Well, his uh, absolute monster turnaround from last year. Yes. Um, He basically weathered the storm and came back out of it a lot better to it. Like, yo, how close is he to averaging a triple-double? Triple Somewhat very. Because of that monster one he just had, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, he's 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 right yeah. up there, and he's a he's a triple double threat every night. Exactly, every single night, the playmaking abilities are just phenomenal. Yeah, we saw flashes of it like uh, in the bubble and that, but then last year was like a bit of an outlier. I don't know if it was COVID, I don't know what Tampa, what the whatever it was, but you know he's figured it out. He's yeah. got it. Yeah, he, he really has. And so here's here's the thing about Pascal Siakam and his numbers. So since the All-Star break, he is, uh, like, I think they said he's, like, top three in PER, right? Like, um, he is, he's an amazing, he's an amazing star. And I think if you look at the way the Raptors were right around All-Star break, we're like, okay, they're in that, like, 7 to 10 range, which is, you know, still pretty high for them. And everyone, everyone thought, okay, cool. And Fred VanVleet deserved the All-Star. Um, there was talk that, you know, and it's Homer talk, let's be Let's be 100 about this, right? When Matt Devlin and Alvin Williams and all the guys on the on the broadcast are like, he's an all star. Pascal Siakam's an all star. He was he was in consideration, but there were lots of guys who were in consideration, right? Like, let's be fair. Yeah. But Fred to that point had been the all star and been the most important player, and I still think Fred VanVleet is probably the most important guy in terms of whether or not you're going to advance in the playoffs. Yeah. But the best player, the best player. For the last three and a half months on this team is Pascal Siakam. No, no question, no doubt. No, not at all. And so when you look at all NBA and you go like, okay, he's going to slot in as a forward. Name so. So if you look at that in terms of they still kind of do positions, although you can kind of fudge positions. You know, like yeah. Someone could, you know, like a little bit. There's a little bit of play around. Like, like Demar Derozan's likely going to be an All NBA uh, first, second, or third teamer. Does he go as a guard? If he goes as a guard, he's probably a second or third teamer. If he goes as a forward, he might be a first team. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. so it's, you can move them around. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. So what we're saying is, is Pascal Siakam a top fifteen player in the NBA? And you, I, I think, he, I think the answer is yeah. I would, I would look as much as I want to agree with you. I think he's. Uh, well, wait, yeah, no, that uh, all all NBA second team. I would say, yeah. Oh, so you're saying? Oh, so he's a top ten player for you? I got him. Could I got him on the third team. I got him on the third team. Who do you have ahead of him? Like, okay, so here's what Giannis and Bede. So you count Embiid as a center and stuff, right? So I count Embiid as a center. Right. Um, Jokic, uh, you got to count him as a center. Uh, or, and hear me out, he basically plays the point guard position for the for, for Denver, right? Yeah. What if I put him down at, at, at the point guard spot? Now I've got Embiid as my center. I've got um, Giannis as a forward. Although technically Giannis is a center too, if you want to get all technical, but he's listed as a forward. So what am I as a forward? You got Demar Derozan, just because he's done it all season as as the, the second forward. You got Jokic as a guard, and I've got John Morant as the second guard. So that's, oh, my, that's my first. Okay. Team. Oh, John Morant on the first team. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, he's missed a lot of time though. He has, but he had a his impact. So here's my here's my only argument. I would put LeBron James there right there because he's had yeah. a great yeah. The only thing is I'm not putting LeBron James is his team was terrible. And I gotta give a little bit of an edge to winning. I'm sorry, I just give a little bit of an edge to winning. If you can't even make the playoffs, you haven't lifted your team that much. Now listen, there's a but whole lot of things. We'll do a deep dive on the Lakers another day, but like that's what I think. I got John. Yeah. And then I got uh, LeBron uh, on my second all over Here's the thing, though. Um, the Grizzlies have won without Ja. So does he get like 100% of that credit for no. you know, the terrible run they've gone on to? But... No, but if they don't if they don't have him, are you saying that like if you took John ja Moran off that team, they, they'd, be, they'd be okay and they'd be better? They wouldn't be better. They would not be better. Let me get that straight. But like they're they, – they did, you know – they didn't just tread water. They kept winning when he was out. Absolutely. And that's a credit. That's why I, I have uh, Taylor Jenkins as my coach of the year. Yeah, that's, we'll talk about that later. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's where I got. So then so then if you go to second All-NBA, you've got to take, um, you know, in the – now, I don't know that I have another center. So if I have to put Jokic down on the on the first team and beat on the second team, I can do I can do that too, right? Like it's you – know, if you want to keep him as a center. Right. Then, you know, I got Pascal – so if we're just looking at forwards, and this is gonna hurt me, because I don't think he's a better player um, at this exact moment, but Jason Tatum had a better season. Like if you look at the whole of the season, Jason Tatum had a better season. Really? You don't? You don't agree? No, no, no. I uh, I do agree. Well, it, hurts, like, yeah. it hurts to say that, though, right? No, he. It's it's. Uh, if it's fact, it's fact. Uh, let's take a look here at his at his uh, regular season stats here. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to pull up his stats for this year. Um, going to, I'm on Basketball Reference for those of you. So he played 75 games. He had 26.98 and uh, four and a half assists for a team that is. Uh, let's be honest. They're 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 a slightly better team, and he's a bigger part of that 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 that. What he, and just Pascal just not had like he missed too many games at the start of the season. Yeah. But if you're okay. taking this, that's, well, that's, a, that's fair. That's fair. But that so, so that puts Siakam right there in that second to third team on all NBA. Like you can't deny him a, a, a spot. Like who's a better forward in the NBA right now? Who's better? Right. Nobody. So yeah. I got him right there. I do Simple think that be the case. I like him. I like Pascal a lot, and I like what um where they're going because he's got this thing now. He's got that. He's always had that spin move, but it was always a little like he would do it almost too, too fast. Do you know what I mean? Like he was like. Yeah, he would spam it too often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now he's got he gets into that 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 foul line or the elbow. Um, yeah, and he is like, he can put you in that spin cycle, and you can't stop him because even if you know it's coming, he's either gonna spin away from you and take that fall away, which has been really nice, or he spins to the basket and he dares you. Okay, I'm gonna beat you, and you're gonna have to foul me. Yeah, you know he's done a great job. Like the one thing. The one criticism that I do have uh, about his game is free throw shooting. But well, I think, and I think that's a that's a comment you can make about this team overall. And we'll use this yeah. as a segue to get into the next topic. This team is not a great free throw shooting team against a team who they're likely going to match up with. It looks like it's you know looking at the standings. Boston is one like Boston and Philly are are three four, and they are locked uh, in a fight for who gets the fourth, who gets the third spot. If both teams win or both teams lose, so basically if they stay right where they are, Philly finishes fourth because of the tie break. If Milwaukee loses and uh, Boston loses and Philly wins, then they jump up to the number two uh, spot. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different things going on there. So, right. We, but it looks not like, listen, the, the, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not Nate Silver from 538 or anything, but I'm saying uh, it looks like it looks like um, it's Philly versus Toronto. And you and I talked about that as a matchup last week. We both said, eh, I don't love this matchup for us. But the other night, Danny Green ring night. Raptors yeah. showed up, showed out. Really did. It was it was a it was a great game start to finish. Um, I really, really enjoy you know what's funny? Like just a juxtaposition to that. You play at that, you know. Uh, championship level, and you fucking are down by twenty to the Rockets the next night. 
<laughs> it's a letdown, buddy. It's a letdown. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just mind boggling. Anyway, you know, you know though that at some point, you know, in the, you know, Fred's sitting there and it's coach, it's coach Fred, and he's sitting there and he's relaxing and he's going there, and then they look up and he's like, "You damn fucking," you know, you know that Fred VanVleet called a timeout. It wasn't Nick Nurse. It was Fred VanVleet called a timeout and was yeah. like telling his boys, "You, you guys want to win," and then you go and you, you know. You drop a uh, a deuce like this right in right in front. No, no, get your get your head in the game. And they came back. To their credit, they came back. You shouldn't have to come back against the Houston Rockets, but it is what it is. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, that I don't want to go too far off topic. But Jalen Green was looking real good that night. He was, but you know what? I I quote the great Bob McCowan: "Somebody's got to score points on a shit team." <laughs> He's right. Yeah, there are guys who are averaging. You're like, oh my, that's why. That's why. Whenever I get into arguments with with guys, I used to know this guy. Uh, I used to work with this guy, and he used to make this uh, this thing. He's like, oh, he's not even a twenty point scorer. No, 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 look at this guy. He's got twenty points, 20, 20 point scorer a game. I'm like, right. But the, our guy who's got you know seventeen points a game, and six rebounds and four assists and wins, versus that guy who's got twenty two a game, you know, on two boards, no assists, and his team is you know winning. 22 games a year. Someone's got to score on shit teams, man. Yeah. That's the, the, Rockets, are, the Rockets are the best shit team you've ever seen. <laughs> They're the team that I look at and I'm like, oh, you know, to extend this this metaphor. They're the one that I look at and I'm like, okay, they're, you know, they might be piling on a lot of manure, but it's going to lead to some flowers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like Shingun. No, he's, he's great. He's, he's, he's a good player. I like Jalen Green. If Kevin Porter Jr. can keep it together, that guy, that he's a player. Yeah. You know? So, you know, and when they pick up um, the kid, when they pick up a like, – obviously, they can pick up, uh, like, like Chet Holmgren or something in the oh, draft. Okay. And watch out. I'm making a prediction right now. The Houston Rockets are going to go hard after – who's that kid? In, oh, not Garland. The other kid in Cleveland. Sexton? Sexton. Yeah. And make a three guard rotation between Sexton, uh, Porter Jr., and uh, Jalen Green. With Porter Jr., I think coming off and becoming the microwave guy. You watch. That's that's the way. I, that's my prediction. I think that's going to happen. Okay, let's talk about. Let's. We're so far afield, but I love it. Uh, there's so much hoops to talk about. Um, let's talk about that matchup though with him being Harden. It's done. What's Nick Nurse got to do to try and keep that going? Because obviously the the Philly coaching staff are going to be looking long and hard at that tape from the other night to figure out what went wrong. Um, yeah. Harden had 13 points, which is, which is nothing, and but he had 10 assists and if and, and a loss. Do, they, do you think that Harden's going to, one, do you think that Harden's going to start shooting more? And two, what do you think the Raptors have to do to counterpunch? Well, Harden just didn't shoot well to begin with. Like, he shot 25% for the night, right? So it's not that he didn't have his opportunities, just that he just wasn't shooting well. But uh, he does really do a, a really good job of being a, a facilitator, I believe. Like we saw, you know, Shake Milton, um, a couple of the other uh, bench guys knocked down threes that were delivered by Harden, you know, set up by him. But for Embiid, we got to use just length and just trouble him without getting your hand caught in a cookie jar. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so tough because he goes to the free throw line, like, a thousand times a game, like <laughs> fuck the refs. The refs love him, and you know that that one play that uh, I don't know if you remember when towards the end of the game, when uh, Scotty drove to the basket, Danny Green uh, cut him off. Scotty kind of gave him a little shoulder. He say, "Get off me!" and dunked on Embiid, and they called that an offensive foul. Yeah, I do remember. You, that. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yes. And then Scotty ran away in disbelief, and he got a tech for it. Listen, if this shit happens in the playoffs, these refs injecting themselves into the game, oh my god, you're gonna hear me you're gonna hear me cussing from your place in the basement. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not gonna be able to hide from it. This, this is fucking ridiculous. These it, refs. It, it, look, yeah, look, you know, I have uh, I have so many complaints about um the way the game is called. Um also, I'm sorry, if a guy throws down a nasty dunk in a close game, because context matters here, and you call an offensive and you call an offensive foul, which listen, okay, 
that call, okay, I, I, I don't think it's the right call. But okay, you're going to call it because technically that's the rule, right? Can't shove him off like that. Can't, can't get, okay, you want to call an offensive foul, that's fine. But then if a guy gets upset about it, you don't tee him up. He wasn't showing you up. He was, he's, he's in the flow of the game. He's, a, he's, he's amped up. It's a close game. You don't tee him up for that. Same thing with guys who like, um, like Precious got one a couple games back, uh, got, got a technical for hanging on the rim. Yeah. He's that, dunk. What is he supposed to do? It's too much. It's too much. Like, look, we complain about the refs every year, you know, especially as Toronto fans, we complain about the refs. Well, but the reason. Yeah. But like this, uh, it's not even in, in just Raptors games. It's every goddamn game that I've happened to watch, the refereeing has been there. It's not about the refs. Like, I don't understand what the fuck that, you know, all of these refs are thinking. It's not all of them. You know, some refs are still pretty chill. But like, I feel like it's like this new generation of refs that we're seeing. It's just they're doing too much. Yeah. 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 And, and the league's got like, listen. I'm not saying we have to go back to the days of like the 88, 89, and early 90s. No, no, no. Knicks, no. where guys are being like thrown to the floor before you get a foul. Yeah. We're not saying that at all. But I think what we're saying, and I think you and I are on the same page here, is that like, you know, you have the referees always have just some discretion and use it appropriately for like making calls that make sense. Yeah. You, you know, anyway, I don't want them to put the, 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 the whistle away, but if in a tight game, you shouldn't be the deciding factor. Unless it's unless it's completely obvious, you know. Right. But the 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 Sixers matchup, we know that with listen, they shoot the most free throws since Harden's been there. They're, they're, they shoot the most free throws in the in the NBA by far. But I'm going to counter that with with one thing. They, uh, if you can disrupt, uh, listen, Embiid's going to get what Embiid's going to get. I think he's 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 past that. And again, you said to throw something like that. You're going to see a whole lot of precious. You're going to see a whole lot of Cam. You're going to see a whole lot of Chris Boucher covering. Um, and beat and du- and they'll double him, yeah. Because you're gonna want to keep Pascal out of that matchup as much as you can, because you need to keep him foul free. Foul free, you, exactly. You need him. So what that means is you're gonna have to, like you said, do that. And the other thing I would do is I would run on that team. I would oh, run sure. every yeah. time you can. And attack, attack uh, the smaller guards. Um, yeah, take Maxi down low. I would, you know, I'd... even even attack um, and beat as much as you can. Yeah. No, listen, Embiid's not a great defense player. He's big and he's intimidating and he can get his swats, no problem. But if you get him moving, get him, if you get that ball moving, especially, you know, the the Raptors are really good at ball movement. If you get that ball moving and he has to move laterally, you're going to get him in in positions, especially in the second and third uh, quarter. You're going to get him in positions where he's having to recover a lot. He's not, he's not a great recover defender. He's not good at recovery. He's good at his primary position, but if you recover, he's not going to do it. Exactly. And then he gets, and then he gets foul trouble. The other thing is, Embiid for all of you know. And listen, you and I have talked about his his love of Oreo milkshakes. Uh, shout out, you know, Fat Boys Unite. But <laughs> um, but like we all know that he's in great shape. He's in way better shape than he's ever been. But he's still a big guy. He's still sitting you know, seven one, three hundred pounds. That takes a lot of toll, right? That going up and down the court like that, it's just going to wear him out. Yeah. So you got to run it. You got to use those 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 young fresh legs that the Raptors have and just run all day. You know you know what's in my head right now? So remember how you, you talked about uh, the Lakers show winning time? Yes, I did. Yeah. On HBO. Um, so I started watching it. I watched it at work because my wife's just not interested in it. She's like, it's too like historical for me. Well, I'm like, this is entertaining as fuck. What do you mean? But anyway. <laughs> you were all over that shit. Yeah, I know. So I'm watching it at work. All I can think of right now is Jack McKinney's Showtime offense. That's right. That's all I can think of. Exactly. Get it out and go. Just run. Just run. Don't even inbound it. Just get it on the fly and just go. Yeah, that 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 is what will beat this team. And the thing is, this is the this is the, the. I mean, that's McKinney was doing that in Portland when they won back in the mid to late seventies, right? With with a team that you know was okay, but not nothing special. Um, then you know he installed that Lakers uh, offense. Unfortunately, you know he had that accident. That's not a spoiler alert for anybody watching the show. That's also history. Go look it up. Yeah. Um, and and when Westfall and then later Riley just took it, they just like just go, just run it. And the thing about that team is that, that influence. If you look at that, you can find the DNA in that all the way through the next the next um, flash of the NBA. Not you have to have you know great players to do this, but what that was basically what D'Antoni did in in Phoenix with the you know the eight seconds or less. Exactly. 
And then that's exactly what Nick Nurse and the, as one wanted to do here, right? You saw it. I mean, if you watch the game, and I know that you know you and I see this, but I want, you know for those people who maybe don't see it or aren't paying attention to the corner of the frame on the TV screen, anytime the ball's out of bounds, you see Fred, and before that you saw Kyle do it. They run to get the ball back in. Yeah. And it's not. It's not a. a, a let's hurry up so the represent. It's not a showing up people. It's the point is you want to get into your offense and you want to get running quickly. Because the key to this team, and really any team, is if you can get ahead before the defense gets set up, if you're looking at way better shots. That's what we're talking about here. And the Raptors need to do that on Philly because Philly's got some older pieces. Tobias Harris is, is you know, I mean, these guys are great athletes. I'm not knocking it all. But Tobias Harris has got some miles on there. And yeah. Bede has is, is got some miles on there. James Harden does not like playing defense. He just doesn't. So, you know, uh, I agree with you. I think this is the, we've got to go full McKinney on them. Yeah, exactly. That's the key. That's the key right there. Um, we'll do playoff predictions next week when we have a better idea um, because the 7, 8 seeds and um, in the East are not set. The 7 through 10 are not set. It's all going to be coming down to today's games. Exactly. Um, recording this on Sunday. But in the West, we can do a little We can do a little tease. We can do a little uh, little something. We can do the West. We can do the, um, the, the playing tournament because that team is set. And the Lakers did not make it. <laughs> Surprise, surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, I'm just, I just got that shocked Pikachu face on right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is, my man. So, like, I got to tell you, um, I'm a little disappointed to see the Spurs and Pelicans play because neither one of those teams has been really good. I mean, when you lose 47 games, you shouldn't be sniffing playoffs. But that's for another day. Yeah. Um, in the seven eight game, the first game, so the winner moves on, the, the the loser gets to stay in. It's Clippers and Wolves. Um, who you got? Uh, I'll take the Clippers. You got the Clippers over the Wolves. Yeah. Wow. They you know since Paul George is back, they've been playing phenomenally. My and I do man. believe I do believe that uh, there is a strong possibility that Kawhi may come back. I don't know. But I've been hearing things. And is reading. that a Brandon bomb? Is that like a Maybe. Woj bomb, but from Brandon? Is that a, is that a B bomb? Maybe I wow. can't. I cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandon's using his sources in the uh, L.A. Uh, you know car scene to you know dig out that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. All right, that's a bold prediction. I got the Wolves beating the Clippers right there. I do. I, I think Cat uh, goes. No, no, no. I'm I'm not missing the playoffs for this. So yeah, I think he, goes, he, goes, he goes nuclear on them, right? Yeah, I think Cat just goes just goes insane, and who's going to stop him? Yeah. So that means okay, that means the Clippers uh, get to play in the second game, or technically the third game. Pelicans Spurs, who wins? Uh, I'll take uh, Pelicans. Yeah, me too. I got I got the Pelicans. I just don't think the Spurs have have that thing. I mean, it's amazing that they're there, but they got there because the Lakers felt, melted down, not because they earned it of the 10th yeah. spot. Um, okay, so that means Clippers and uh, and Pelicans, and we both, I think, say the Clippers for the shade. Yeah. Yeah? We're, we're yeah. good with that? Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll do playoff. We'll do – once the seedings are set, we'll do playoff predictions, you know, next week, and we'll, we'll make uh, predictions on the series because – Boy, oh, boys, uh, are we uh, in for some – I think this, these playoffs are going to be great. I think the first round of the, of the NBA playoffs is going to be fantastic. Yeah, I think in the first year in a long time, it's going to be very, very high as entertainment value. Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, just can you imagine the, the Miami Heat are going to go and <laughs> – Miami Heat are going to go finish first in the in the Eastern Conference, likely with the third best record in the league behind Phoenix and Memphis. You know, played all season, went and got Kyle Lowry to be a winner. They're winning. They're ready to go. And your first round matchup is Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Well, you know what? If uh, imagine if um, the Nets lose that series, like what's what's what? Like what do you do from there? Oh, listen. I, I think uh, I think Sean Marks will be having long. Conversations. I don't think Steve Nash is out on his ass, but I do think that they're going to start looking at mm, maybe he's not the full time coach here. Yeah, it's a person. It's not the answer. We, we you know, it's nice to be brought an MVP and a big name, but let's be honest, he's not that guy, right? Right. Uh, or he may not be that guy. I don't know. I think he's done okay. He's ha- he's never had like his since he got there. All he's had is Kyrie, 
and Durant and Harden uh, melt down and you know Harden left came and left and they got Ben Simmons but he's not playing and you got Kyrie who could only play road games for a while. like it's give just this guy much. a full season with a full team and we'll see what we can do. I don't want to I don't want to out there. But yeah, you're right. Let's talk let's talk about coaches though. Yeah. Because our third topic and we spoiler alert it uh, a little earlier. Um Coaching is such an important thing, and it's in, and and um, you know in the regular season you do a, you do a lot of work to get your team ready, and in the playoffs I think that's when coaches really have like once you make the playoffs coaches have, every decision is so important. So I really like coaching. I'm a big coach guy. I'm I'm a big uh, you know I've coached myself a little bit in development leagues, obviously. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about naming coach of the year, and who do you think is likely the coach who's on his way out, or maybe you have a couple of coaches who are on their way out. Um. The coach of the year, in my opinion, personally, is Taylor Jenkins from the Grizzlies. All right. So we're, so we're in agreement because, uh, you know, if you uh, go back and check the tape from 12 minutes ago, mm-hmm. I say I agree. Why do you why, – what's your what's your case for Taylor Jenkins? Um, being – to be able to do what he did with, you know, John Morant. Like, John Morant is, you know, I believe one of – a generation generational star, right? Um, but – to take a bunch of guys that weren't used to winning and haven't been in that situation where they're a team that people are scared of and put them in that in a winning a winning situation is basically what I'm trying to say. God, I can't even talk properly this morning. And it's, you just, listen, it's okay when you. It's hard to express yourself when you're talking about things you love. <laughs> and you love Taylor Jenkins and that story of the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm cool with it, brother. I'm cool. I got yeah, you. I agree with you, though. I'm, I'm with you 100%. What my brain is trying to say is Taylor Jenkins good. John Morant hurt. Taylor Jenkins still win game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yo, when he has the ability to still win games with it, with your your top 10 uh, star out, yep. Yeah, like, you, know, you you doing something right, and you don't have too much star power on that team. Aside no, from you that really guy. don't. You got you got guys who I think are really good, like really good players, players, and are and the system highlights yeah. the strength. So you're capitalizing on the people that you do have and making, uh, you know, making guys use all of their strengths and work, making them work together to win games. Yeah, like, who, thought, who 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 would have thought like Stephen Adams would have been. You know what I'm saying? Kicking ass in his, what, 10th year? Almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I mean, if you go back, we talked about Memphis at the beginning. We've been on the Memphis train early. We got on there early. And I think I think people are starting to see what you and I saw, which is that this is a team that is, like, really well put together, and everyone knows their roles, and everyone's willing to just be like, you know what? I don't want to lose. No. And you can't underestimate the I don't want to lose guys. You they're know, young. They got they got something to prove, right? They're hungry. Yeah, like look at look at look at um, some of the guys they got on this team, right? So Stephen Adams, I think, is the old veteran, the head. He's a little bit playing like a Saul role, where his numbers don't stand out, but his contributions are what's great. Yeah, you know, he's kind of that that guy, and he anchor and he does he anchors that defense in a, in a way that's really really cool, in a way that Balanchunas couldn't necessarily. Now Balanchunas had a good season they've done in, in New Orleans. He really has. Yeah, but if you look at it. The impact on winning that Gasol had with the Raptors is the same is very similar to the way that Adams did it in uh, in Memphis, right? Go ahead, young buck, you do your thing. I got you. I got your back, right? Yeah. So you have that, and then you have Desmond Bain, and then you have um, who was that? By the way, Kyle Anderson. What's that? Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson, slow mo himself. Um, um, you know, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark. Yeah, they got a bunch of guys who are like, you're like, these are good players. But let's be honest, if you put them on any other team, are they the second or third or fourth best player? Not even. Not likely. But because of they're playing with an all-universe player in John Morant, and then you're also playing in a system that Taylor Jenkins is clearly designed to maximize everyone's, you know, he's he's a great coach. Yeah, great you know, coach. know what's you know what's weird. Let me just let me just take the uh, take the soapbox for a second. Yours, so, Jaron Jackson Jr. Triple J, right? We thought, like, yo, we were so hyped up for him out of college. Like, yo, this kid is going to be the next big, you know, uh, big man shooting uh, shooting big man, right? Yep. Yo, how did he turn into a fucking chucker? Like, yeah, granted he had that injury, but he's just a chucker that has a few blocks a game now. Like, how are you 6'11 and you get, like, two rebounds a game? Like, what? Yeah. Well, um, and that, but that, but again, that tells you another thing about how good a, a coach. Because 
they were counting on Triple J to be the number two guy. They really were. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And yeah, and he's and he has so far disappointed. We'll put it we'll put it nicely. He's only got two years because he missed one entire year. Yeah, that's fair. Years. That's fair. That's fair. And he can still turn around. I still think you and I have, have said that we know, like if he turn if he can turn around, this this Memphis team is super dangerous. Yeah. But even without him, they're showing that they just they just they just do winning. They just yeah. that's what they do. All right, let's let's go to the negative side of things though. Which coach or coaches do you think are uh, on their way out? Why don't you uh, say yours first? Well, yeah. obviously the first one is Frank Vogel. It's 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 well documented that he is not LeBron's dude, and so I think he's on his way out. You know, I think Frank Vogel's a really good coach. Actually, look at what he did in Indiana. Look at what he did in Orlando. Right. He's a good coach. Um, but you know, you ran into the LeBron Express. Um, and uh, it's 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 there. Uh, so I think Frank Vogel's going. And I think the other coach that I think you have to look long and hard at, uh, and I and I don't mean this because I don't think that he's a bad coach at all, but um, I would not be surprised if Houston makes a change, and Stephen Silas is is out. No, uh, that's just uh, your, you know, your uh, your expectation. What do you what are your expectations for this year? Like, why why would you let the guy go if he? You well, know? here's here's why. Here's the thing. He, um, Raphael Stone, um, uh, was uh, was, uh, was there. He, um, in Houston. He basically he hired Silas to remember. He Silas came in and was hired. This sounds like a million years ago. He's only been there a couple of years, but Stephen Silas was hired to coach James Harden and Russell Westbrook and make that work with the addition of Christian Wood. Now there's no Harden, there's no Westbrook, and Christian Wood's likely on his way out to be traded. To make room for right. Shingun and, and Shed Holmgren, right? So, like, what are we talking about here? Like, we're, we're I mean, like Stephen Silas. I don't even think Stephen Silas really wants to necessarily be coaching this team. He was, he was, he was like, I got a veteran NBA team coming, and now he's having to teach rookies. They got a new manager in in, in Houston. They're going to have to start. They're going to have to start building things. So they don't want to have any you know, stink on them. And I think just Stephen Silas is just likely to go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see I, that. I don't like it because I think Steven Silas is a good coach, and I think that you know, our reputation. We haven't seen it with his teams, but he's been given. You know, you know, you can't make chicken salad from chicken shit. You know, that's, <laughs> uh, just, it don't work. I, I like that one. I like that one. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. So you know, what are you going to do? You're going to have to. And he's remember there was also that thing where Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. Got into it with the coach. Basically, they flipped him off, right? Like they were. And we talked about like it's time to go. Your attitude change, and they didn't do it. So if you're telling me that he, Stephen Thomas has to be disrespected by you know a bunch of guys who've done nothing in this league, you've won nothing. You you've put out some numbers, but again, as we said, numbers are numbers. Like, like someone's got to play and someone's got to score. And those guys are able to disrespect Stephen Silas. I think Stephen Silas is just gonna. I think it'll be played off as a changing, changing directions. But I think it's gonna be a mutual like breakup between the two teams. Agreed. Uh, who are who do you got? Who's who? Who do you got going? I, that's Vogel and Silas. Who do, who do you got? Well, in terms, you know, just in terms of uh, underperforming teams, let's see. Uh, Tom Thibodeau, like, what the fuck happened in New York? Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. I I debated between him and Silas to be honest. Um, Thibodeau typically wears as a welcome, but I, I, you know, the, with the Knicks, there's just a reason. I, I hear me out. I have a feeling he'll start the season next year, and the reason is the Knicks cannot be seen again as to like, oh my God, we're rebuilding this again. We're starting over again. Like they can't be. They can't be seen doing that. They're gonna try and play this year off as like, a, okay. It was a, we, you know, we miscalculated a little bit. It was a bit of bad luck, blah, blah, blah. We're going to try and bring guys back, tweak a little bit, and then Tom Dividos, because, you know, the first year with Thibodeau was great. Yeah. So I have a feeling he starts. I I don't think he gets fired in the offseason. I do think, though, that that, that that seat gets warmer. And if New York gets off to a slow start next year, you know, 10, 12 games in, vaya con Dios, Mr. Uh, Thibodeau. You know what? I, I think um, I'm just a little salty because, you know, Tom Thibodeau and Scott Brooks both made me look like a, like a dickhead because earlier this year um, on this show, I said, wow, the Wizards look great and the Knicks look great. The Knicks are for, I, I literally said the words, the Knicks are for real. Like, you, you, can, you can revoke my, 
fucking NBA card and shit, whatever. No, 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 no. Listen, you were, you were, you were right. I, I said the same thing. I, I know. I have a guy of the excuse that I'm a longtime Nick fan, and I have got uh, Nick Coggles. So, if we yeah. win three games in a row, I'm planning a parade down Broadway. Um, you know, <laughs> literally, like the Canyon of Heroes will will be renamed Julius Randall Way. Um, but that's me. Um, in my in my uh, silliness. Um, your excuse is you're just playing to you're just playing to the crowd. You know, I'm your crowd, and you're playing to the. I got you. I hear you. Um, uh, Wes Unsell Jr., I think, is who you're talking about in Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He gets he gets another year because literally Washington's like, someone's got to coach this team. Right. Someone's got to do it, right? So, yeah. Right. All right. So, you got Tom Thibodeau. Do you have another one, or, or are we, uh, we good on the coaches? That, uh, we'll just start. I get, a lot of it depends on what happens in the playoffs, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, managing expectations is what I got to say. Well, yeah. well, maybe we'll co- we'll touch back, touch back on this uh, next week. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I honestly, I think if Steve Nash and I'm saying this, you know, but but if they if 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 Brooklyn goes out in like five, let's say they make the the seven or the eight seed and they play Milwaukee or Miami and they go out in five games in the first round, I think you're going to hear a lot of talk about Steve Nash and whether or not they need a quote unquote professional coach, right? You know, like a long time someone with a track record and and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. All right, you know what time it is. Catch it is. Captain's race. Who you got this week? Who's catching one this week? Um, not so much a place, but or not so much a city, but a place. Uh, Amazon headquarters. Jeff Bezos, you piece of shit. Um, he's so I don't know if anybody heard. If you guys heard specifically, Dave. Um, Amazon, the first Amazon warehouse in New York, uh, unionized. And has been, yeah, sorry, Long Island, correct? Long Island, there you go. And uh, they're making them re vote again for some reason. I don't even know if that was possible after you made a union vote, but they're re voting now, apparently. And every Amazon has their own app that employees use, right? Like a a chat app or something, Yeah, yeah, and certain phrases are now banned from this app. So if you try to type it in, it just won't post, I guess, right? Oh phrases gosh. like phrases like the words bathroom break, phrases like raise, uh, union, uh, together, um, management, horrible, boss. You wow. know? I'm not bullshitting. This is this is there's a full comprehensive list on this on online, right? Um this is the way that uh, this is what late stage capitalism gets you and the chase of fucking, you know, greed and billions of dollars. Like, congratulations, Jeff Bezos. You are now humanity's biggest enemy. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Welcome to your supervillain days. Yeah. My he really is fucking modern day Lex Luthor. Well, he kind of looks like it without the style, right? Lex Luthor always had some style. Jeff Bezos, no. And he's wow. just got a punchable. He's got a punchable face, and this fucking laugh. I get like, yeah. oh my god, give me uh, Jeff Bezos. If you want to make a couple more dollars, let me pay pay you, or pay me. Let me pay you so I can fucking kick your ass. How about that? There it is. There it is. Yeah, Jeff Bezos deserves it absolutely. Um, and I'll you know what I I will uh I'll I'll throw in a couple bucks just to watch it just to get it on on TV because yeah know, that's what I'm saying. Pay per view. That's what's there up. it is. It all goes there to charity. Is. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you know what? It'll, it'll go towards the the, the, the union lawyers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To get all to get everybody else on there. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, uh, fuck Amazon and just buy everything local as much as you can. As much as you can, absolutely. Um, for sure. Now, I have one, and it's it's going to hit a little close to home. Mm. It's it's here in the. It's actually the city of Toronto itself. And I say this with love and affection for my uh, my adopted hometown, you know, your literally your hometown. But I want to specifically, you know, shout out the city of Toronto in relation to its relationship to Scarborough. You and I are both Scarborians. We like it. We love it. You've been here your whole, you know, pretty much your whole life, right? Yep. Yep. You know, proud Scarborough. Um, and I want to talk on behalf of uh, the Love Scarborough campaign from the Scarborough Health Network. Yes, sir. The Scarborough Health, we, you and, uh, where we are, Brandon and I back onto, our backyard's back onto 
the Scarborough, what was called the Scarborough Grace Hospital, now it's yeah, called yeah, the Birchmont Campus, blah, blah, yeah, but it's always Scarborough Grace yeah. to us. Scarborough Grace. It's like Scarborough the Skydome. The Skydome's always going to be Skydome. That's the right. fuck is Rogers Center? Yeah. You know who calls it Rogers Center? TV broadcasters from America. That's who call. Everybody else here calls it the Dome. Nerds. Exactly. So, guys who turn out to Toronto, that's who, that's who calls it that way. Yeah. But I want to call out Toronto because... And and then I'm I'm quoting you know the the Scarborough Health Network literature and the Love Scarborough campaign. Twenty five percent of the population live in uh, live in Scarborough. We are the biggest borough in the in the city. People don't know this. There are more people who live in in quote unquote Scarborough and whatever you want to wherever you draw that line than they do downtown. And yep. yet they get, receive the least amount. The hospitals receive the smallest amount of donations. Do you want to know why? You know why, Brandon? Because yeah. we don't have billionaires and millionaires living in Scarborough. We have a lot of working class, you know, good, hardworking people. Not that people aren't good and hardworking everywhere in the city. That's not what I'm saying. But there are not as many big, big charity donate donators here in Scarborough because it's a city of mostly of immigrants, new Canadians, and people who are working their hard their hard off to get the Canadian dream. And as a result, the Scarborough hospitals, the three hospitals in the Scarborough Health Network, that would be Centenary Hospital, Scarborough Grace. And Scarborough Gen received less donations than anywhere else. By far, it's not, and it's not even like, oh, you get two dollars, we get one. It's like, yo, we get fucking ten cents for every dollar you make. For every, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if, if that, the Love Scarborough campaign, I'm 100 on board with it. Have you ordered any of their merch? Like, I do. I, I'm rocking a Scarborough, a Love Scarborough T-shirt right now. My wife has one. We also have the Club Scarborough. Uh, Grocery bag, the canvas yeah, grocery yeah, that's bag. What's up. That's what's up. Look, um, there's an Instagram account at Scarborough Spots. Um, yep. I don't know the dude personally, but I bought a bunch of merch from him because he really reps the area well, and like uh, a lot of the retro stuff he does is very on point and on brand. So yeah, you gotta follow. They're doing great. And they're they're involved with the Scarborough Love Scarborough campaign. That's right. The, so, the if you get the you know the, the Love Scarborough uh, t-shirts, then the proceeds go directly to the Love Scarborough uh, campaign and the uh, Scarborough Health Network. Um, and God knows like, we've we've made use of uh, the these facilities, the Scarborough the Scarborough Health Network in our lives. So absolutely, um, yeah. absolutely. I uh, my, I, you know, I also go and I and I work. You work in Scarborough. We both work. In Scarborough, we both uh, shop in Scarborough. We both live and play in Scarborough. Um, also, you know, I personally um, work with families who are new, to, a lot of new or relatively new to the country. Um, you know, first generation kids, you know, the parents just moved from India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, wherever. Yeah. And they are here to give their kids a better life. And they're in Scarborough and they're, you know, these, these people are working really hard and they take use of those hospitals because, you know, they need to. And yeah. just like anywhere, you know, you know, yes, people use hospitals because they need. It. Obviously, that's a, a obvious statement. But like, this is something that's important. And the fact that these hospitals, let's be honest, I've been to down, I've been to some of those university network hospitals downtown. I had knee surgery back in two thousand and three at uh, Toronto Western, beautiful facility. Right. Barbara Grace and Centenary still look the same as they were in two thousand and one, nineteen eighty one. Like, come on. Hey, at least listen. At least we got a, a Tim Hortons in the one near us. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's, the, that's the progress we want. You know, so let, this is what I'm saying. I'm not here to, to shit on the rest of the city of Toronto when I'm saying they got them straight. But let's let's be honest. If you've got a couple of bucks and you can direct it to to healthcare and hospitals, please direct it this way. The Scarborough, the Love Scarborough, and the Scarborough Health Network. They they we need it. We need to upgrade our facilities, especially because Scarborough is still the number one growth area in yeah. the city of Toronto. Exactly. So more people are going to be using these hospitals and more people are going to be using these facilities. Let's get them, let's get them upgraded. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of people are like, oh, what am I going to donate for? I, don't, I never go to the hospital. Well, you're going to have kids. You want to, you know, you break an arm, you break a leg. It's not if it happens, it's when you get injured or you have to go to the hospital. And you exactly. really see what's going on. Like, I know people that haven't been to the hospital in years, like, donkey years you know what i mean but like <laughs> it'll happen bro it'll happen listen you never all of us are blessed like uh you know yeah no you never you never need it until you do and when you do you hope that you get a facility that is that is not you know you know second class 
Yeah, I look. I've been in that waiting room at at Scarborough Grace for uh, very, very long times, very long times, and it is not fun. But you know what? They're doing the best that they can. But just let's let's try and make it a little bit easier for them. That's all I'm saying. So it's the city of Toronto. You know where we go one, we go all. Donate a little bit to to the Scarborough Health Network and uh, help us out. Yeah. All right, man. That's it. I, I want to leave on a positive note. Play. Listen, th- it's playing week. How I'm excited. I, I'm going to be glued to my couch for the next, you know, for a couple of nights where I'm watching, you know, playing actual playing basketball where you know one and done games. It's going to be great. What, what day is the? Uh... Uh, I believe. Let me. I had the schedule up here. Give me one sec. I was looking at it just before. Yeah, I gotta make sure I get it uh, on point because you know it's tire change season for me, so I'm all over the city. Doing it's, it's it's what tire change season. Oh, that's right. Yeah, everybody everybody wants to get their winters off. That's true. The NBA playing games are scheduled here. I'm reading from the official NBA.com. The playing tournament games Tuesday, April 12th, will have eight versus seven. So okay, got, uh, the East eight versus the East seven at seven, and then at nine thirty, you got the Clippers in Minnesota. Right. Wednesday, okay. you've got the tenth place versus ninth place games. Um, so you've got whoever you know, I guess it'd be Charlotte and Atlanta versus um, Pelicans and Spurs. And then on Friday, it's the winner take all. Somebody gets the eighth seed, and the other guys are going home. Right. So you know, plan plan your week accordingly. And Friday, by the way, is a very good Friday for for everybody. So that is a day off work where you can go home and just get hyped. Yep. All right, my man. I will talk to you soon. And again, shout out. Love Scarborough. Yeah, yeah. Scarborough. Well, that's uh, the show for this week. Thank you so much to everyone who's listening. Um, As always, we want to encourage you to go out and find anywhere you can to help for the petitions change.org has a bunch of them to free Brittany Griner. It's good to hear that Brittany will be uh, paid her full salary and not suspended, which is fantastic. But at the same time, we need to get her home. Uh, as always, we also encourage you to support um, redcross.org with Ukraine relief. Uh, and if you see any charities with Ukraine refugees, especially here in the Toronto area, jump in, help out, do whatever you can. I know that these families will appreciate it. Finally, we talked about it on the show, but I do want to say it one more time, the Love Scarborough campaign and the Scarborough Health Network, it's super important that we try and help out the hospital situation here in uh, Scarborough. Again, a quarter of Toronto lives right here. We should get our fair share in the hospitals too. Until then, if you like the show, share, like, share, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify is a great spot for that. We'll talk to you again in seven days. Peace.